Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to All in Good Sport. My name's Chris Tarkle, and today I'm here with... You're with Joe Rainbow. Alfie Lankford. James Blackburn. And Yasmin Mills. And yeah, episode 10, season 2, episode 4, I want to say. It is, is that yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So we're back. We're at our second episode on YouTube, which is exciting. Brilliant. So that's good. And we're joined with a guest again today. So hello, yeah. Yasmin. Thank welcome you. for your first appearance. Um, it's been an exciting week. I think there's a lot to talk but about. Yeah, lot, lots, lots going on. We, we are on a little bit of a time constraint, so you're not going to get the, the two hours of, of joyful all-in-good-sport that you normally get. It might be a little bit, a little bit condensed, but we'll make do. Um, anything, anything going on in anyone's lives that we, we need to talk about quickly? Any, any personal updates? I have an update. Go on. Um, Carabao Cup final this weekend... My little sister Freya is going to be on the pitch at Wembley oh, wow. with the cadets. Yeah, don't actually know what she's going to be doing, but she's going to be there with a flag or something. So look out for little Freya Mills on Sunday. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I have absolutely no idea what she looks like. No. But I'll keep it up. <laughs> and she's not ginger. <laughs> she's not so ginger. She look anything like me <laughs> yeah. at okay. all. People have said that we look slightly similar. It's just the hair really throws people off. So mm-hmm. yeah, look out for her when you're. Uh, oh, that'd be a great experience. She is uh, 17. You nearly got me there. Nearly 18. <laughs> nearly 18. The way you were talking about it, I thought she was like nine or something. <laughs> yeah, <same. laughs> sorry, yeah. Like a mascot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, sorry for I've done you a disservice there. No, she's 17. Uh, she's with the cadets, yeah. so she's done it through that, volunteered. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame that Fulham, I'm a Fulham fan, by the way, for context. Uh, shame that Fulham aren't going to be in that final. That would have been amazing if. Uh, that would be something was, serious. Yeah, yeah, there with the Fulham. Mm. Fulham team. Tell you what, though, I mean, Chelsea instead. <laughs> I mean, you did give Liverpool a good game in the semis. We did over I two was over two legs as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I couldn't believe it when uh, <laughs> when we did that first leg. I was. I was very happy with that first leg. I thought we gave ourselves not. We hadn't completely thrown it away in that first leg, which I was very happy with. Um, it just felt like it wasn't going to happen. Um, at home it just yeah I was very happy with the performance Mm -hmm. it felt like a bit of a big opportunity that we threw away Um, but yeah good experience that will never happen again it's (laughs) alright it's fine just wasn't any belief in the stadium was there no, no. I mean, we t- we got all the uh, KKK flags out. <laughs> yeah, that was so that was so rogue. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, "What the hell?" Oh, it's crazy. I didn't even notice it, which is really bad. But you just if you uh, yeah, I mean, it's just when you see the white flags. When you have the black flags next to it as well, then it doesn't yeah. seem that bad. It was just the way that they were oh, like. Oh, it looked rough. It looks <laughs> so bad. If anyone's not seen that, go and search it on Twitter. It's so funny. Tony it's can't so hood it on. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's terrible because we were waving the flags, and then and then these Twitter posts kept coming out, and we were going, "Oh no, what have we done here?" <laughs> it's no, it it's funny, funny though because Fulham is like the most chill club, it like is. nothing wrong with it. I mean, we were talking about the protests on the podcast that we did yes, a yeah, couple yeah, of yeah. months ago. Shout out that the latest <laughs> on LSR is mm-hmm. on Spotify. Jimmy B with the plug, gotta be pluggy B. But <laughs> that's, a, that's a crazy <laughs> thing. That's an absolutely but, absurd nickname. But when we were talking about like the Fulham protest it's like it was like tea and cake and all walking in an orderly <laughs> line was, and yellow cards we, we, went, we oh met my. in bishop's park at the tea room oh my god uh, where you can get a toasty and a cake and we all we were all given our yellow cards and it was all very organized and civil mm. and we walked down we had our pictures and we're all a few booze but that was i'm it, sure that's yeah. exactly it's not what quite it's like a meal wall, it? <laughs> it's not a meal um, other than that, though, this week we've done a little bit of rebranding. We've got the new mm-hmm. artwork, and fingers crossed, we should have some new cover art coming soon. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little sneak preview. Basically, the idea is we're going to have 
all our like sporting heroes on this cover. Uh, one of my mates is painting it, and then we'll have oh, the wow. All in Good Sport logo it. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, MS paint. No, like actual oh, right. full on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's gonna hand paint. So it'll, it'll take a little and, while. And how much are you paying him for that? Um, I, I don't know. I'll pay her. I'll pay her. Yeah. So yeah. that's why yeah. you were asking yeah. for our sporting heroes. The other exactly. Day. Yeah. Oh. I wasn't just interested. Okay. Um, other than that, yeah. Keep subscribing to the YouTube, mm-hmm. like the TikToks and whatnot, and just yeah, keep supporting the podcast. Definitely. Um, shall we move into some winners and losers? Can do. Yes. Yeah. And would anyone like to go first? Would the guests like to start us off with some winners and I losers? I think that's how. I think that's how it should work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go on then. I mean, my some, my um my winners are kind of all similar. Okay. Um, because I'm a big fan of aquatics, so it's going to be. Ooh. All right. Yeah, that's a new topic good. for the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we've done much. Yeah. You touched on that. I yet. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to go for a bit of variety, so they're all based around swimming and diving. Oh, smashing! It wasn't quite the last week because we've been we've had the uh, world champs. Yeah. In uh, Doha. Not much um, water there. <laughs> Great banter. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. In stitches, Jimmy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it was um yeah, it was a very good world championships, very interesting for the diving in particular. Um we got all twelve uh Olympic quota spots um mm-hmm. that were available for the Brits, which was very good. Um but I'd like to focus a little bit on Tom Daly and Noah Williams. I don't know if you saw, but they got a silver medal in the ten meter synchro pairings. Um, did very work very well. I mean, obviously, first place went to the Chinese, and we were miles off that. Standard. Mm-hmm. They always win. The the they diving. always yeah. win. Always win. Ukrainians came in third. That was a really good one right. to nice. look at. Um, but obviously, Tom Daly. Uh, last we saw of him, he was winning a gold medal in Tokyo with Matty Lee, um, and he took um, a few years off uh, diving and is now coming back to defend that title at the Olympics um, this year in Paris. And it's a little bit up in the air who his partner will be, but Noah Williams winning that silver has um, put him in good stead. Um, yeah, it was a good performance from him. So that's my first with winner. The, with the diving, like, yeah. what's the? Do they normally stick with the same partner? Like, what's the what's the crack there? How like often would they change partner? Um, obviously, it does change. I mean, it didn't necessarily have to be Tom Daly. Yeah. Um, I think we're just assuming that it's going to be him. Okay. Um, it would be a bit embarrassing if they turned around and said you're not going to be in the pairing. Yeah. Um, there's it's sort of a three horse race at the moment. Um, so Tom, um, Noah, and someone else, Matty Lee, who obviously would also be defending his title, yeah. Olympic title. Um, but he was actually sent home from Doha um, because he's had an injury. Okay. Um, and he was there as a reserve for Noah. Um, but they did some tests and sent him home. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking possibly it's a little bit up in the air as to who's yeah. gonna be there because he's been working on the injury for a while. Um, so we're hoping that he'll be back for the Olympics. But Noah, he's young. I think he's twenty three. This would be an amazing opportunity yeah. for him. Um, How old's Tom Daly now? He's twenty nine, I believe. Okay. I mean, that's still quite young. I thought I was he was gonna in say, the 30s. I swear he's been knocking about for ages. Yeah, yes. He yeah. has. I mean, but my, he was my so first... young at twenty twelve. Yeah, I was going to say about twenty twelve because that was my first like memory of Tom yeah. Daly. I'd just come back from Cornwall. Stick the telly on. First thing I see is him winning bronze there, mm. and that was quite a big thing because we're not yeah. really known Huge. for diving. There's that um, the guy who does commentary for the BBC, Leon something. Can't remember his name, but he was like silver medalist. In I think it was Beijing, yeah. but he's done the commentary for like yonkers now. It's crazy, 
So, like, daily winning that bronze was quite a big thing. And then, obviously, like, um, he wins gold in Tokyo and there's knitting and everything. Yeah, like, oh, the, I do like the knitting. Yeah, there's a little... I don't know if you might want to edit this out, but there is a a little bit of a weird relationship between Noah... Um, sorry, Tom's knitting and Noah Williams' OnlyFans. Oh, All right. right. No, this is staying right in. I'm yeah. excited. Here we go. So, rumour has it that there is... I haven't been on his OnlyFans page, but he's had it for a while and he has announced it, like, on YouTube. So it is out there. Um... But rumour has it that there has been a few uh, cameos of Noah, um, <coughs> Tom's uh, knitting, specifically a cock sock for Noah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Alfie, can you do the research on this? <laughs> I don't know what you. I don't know what you have to Just search. Get yeah. Get it on the, the edge of your own Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Pull that up, Roddy. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is entirely true, but they have been talking about it. Uh, that's so intriguing. Like no, Alfie, you're supposed to be going on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Muscle memory for him. Here we go. I don't really know if I want to see a picture. There was a YouTube they did together, which was like a Q&A, and they were talking about it. Just look up Tom Daly Coxock. Come, <laughs> yeah, on. <laughs> come on, go for it. <laughs> but no, that, yeah, that's, a, that's an intriguing little partnership. Yeah. Yeah, it is an interesting. <laughs> yeah. I can't really I'm get just, past No, that. I'm just sort of sat here thinking about that. Yeah. Now, which I don't know if, yeah. Um, oh. I might move on to another winner then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go on, um, we're going to do Yashabi Jaiswal, um, Indian cricketer, um, who's had a lot of the spotlight shone on him this week. Um, rightfully so. Scored 214 not out against England at the age of 22. Um, he now has three. Uh, all I think it's all of his centuries in Test match cricket. He's now only one of them has not been converted to a double century. So he is. Once he's past the hundred, he is, and the I mean the other one was one hundred and fifty, so he is a very strong player and looks brilliant. Um, and for the future of Indian cricket to have another batsman like him coming through is really impressive. But his story's so good. So I was reading on Crick Info, which we have spent a lot of time on Crick Info this week. Um, but so at the age of twelve, uh, he moved from like a rural village in Uttar Pradesh to Mumbai to play cricket. Um, but couldn't afford a place to sleep. So it ended up being that he was sleeping in tents and, so- and selling food for money. Uh, and then a local coach sort of saw him, saw his talent and took him under his wing. Uh, and then sort of two years later, Jaiswal was playing cricket for this coach, was spotted by a, a sort of Indian county and his career started to take off, was selected for the under-19 World Cup for India, smashed it, got a, a really lucrative contract with Rajasthan Royals in the IPL. Uh, where he, in his first season, set the record for the fastest 50 in IPL history. How many balls? 13 balls. 13? 13 balls. That's 50. insane. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like he, he is so good across all three formats, which is the scary part. Like A lot of Indian cricketers you generally tend to find are either... like You look at someone like a Surya Kumar Yadav, who is incredible in T20s, but like, and, and arguably you'd think would be a better T20 player. But when you've got someone like Jaiswal, who is scoring a 13-ball 50... And can also get a 214 in a test match. That's a player. Mm. Um, but yeah, 214 against England has been great. In his seven matches, uh, currently now averages 71. Uh, with a high score of 214, 300s, 250s. Um, and yeah, just Johnny, looks a super Johnny Bairstow's there. current average is 17. Yeah. Versus that 71. Yeah. Which is crazy. Johnny Bairstow is a loser this week. And, so and, we will get into him later. But um, the I thought the amazing thing with Joyce Well this week 
was that he retired injured after he'd just got his century. Yeah. Uh, and then later down, when England, you know, maybe they've got him in the back of their minds, yeah. but they're not thinking about him up there. They're just getting pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. Uh, and then he comes back out like The Undertaker, smashes <laughs> towards the second century and, yeah, really inflicting and it the pain. Was a, I was going to say, it was, it was, what, about 230 balls, was it? Something. 236. Yeah, like, he was impressive. Like, it was, a, it was a really good knock. And obviously, as an England fan, I, I don't particularly want to root for him in this series. But it's sort of difficult not to when he's got that kind of story. He's a young... He's, I mean, he's 22. It's exciting for cricket. Yeah. Just that's the thing. Like, players view. like this coming through, like, I'd say England's equivalent would probably be Harry Brook, mm. where you've got a young player who is incredible... You just want to see them do well. Scoring a double century as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, ha- exactly. that's, that's, that's two double like. centuries yeah. in his first seven games. Like, that's impressive. I think he's the quickest player to ever hit two double centuries. What, Brooke? Th- no, uh, Jaiswell. Yeah. I think I think he beat Sachin Tendulkar's record, but don't quote me on that. Well, after sure. we can find out, can't we? I was say, I yeah. Thought, um, yeah. I thought I read something about that. I feel like he's third. Is he? Let's have a look. I could be wrong, but. He's the first Indian batter and seventh overall to convert his first three test hundreds into 150 plus scores. And let's see if I've got... No, I've not. Oh, the other thing, actually, that I completely forgot to mention was he tied the record for the most sixes in a single inning by a batsman in a test match, uh, tying his captain, Rohit Sharma. Um, so, again, like, that's the thing. Like, a player like that doing that in a test match is so impressive. Poor Rihanna Ahmed. He Who got, I love, by the way, like, and I've said that for a long time. I got, love Rihanna Ahmed. I'm looking at the figures here. <coughs> 25 overs, he got uh, 108 put past him. What was the what was the economy on that? Uh, Can't do the math quickly. 4.3. It was Jimmy Anderson who actually had more of a time yeah. who went for uh, sixes. It was a hat-trick of sixes, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, so he was 78 runs off of 13 overs. Yeah, that's No tough. wickets. Yeah, economy of six. It's yeah, and, but rough. the thing is, like with someone like Jimmy, you just you can't take him out mm. because you know how good he can be. But he might be taken out for the next test because I've seen that Ollie Robinson's going to be coming in. Is he? Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if we. Yeah, it 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 would most likely be Jimmy making way. Yeah. But then also you do have Johnny Bairstow to think about, who has been really poor yeah. and has been poor since since the injury. He's been really. I mean, I I, I will talk about him in the losers, mm. but. He has been really poor. I mean, maybe slight silver lining for England is that Jasper Bumrah is being rested for yeah. this test. So there's a bit of... Thank God. So, I mean, you'd think that this is a more like spin-friendly pitch then yeah. if they're res- resting their best pace bowler. But he has bowled a lot of overs. He has. I mean, he's, he's been their best bowler. And to, the one that they've devastating effect. Yeah, yeah, he'd be incredible. I mean, he, he could feasibly be a winner again. Like, he, he is so good. And I don't know how old he is, but I don't think he's particularly old, which means that... Indian cricket is thriving at the minute, and I think they, they're going to take some stopping. T20 World Cup will be interesting. And that's the thing, another one who is good across all three formats. So you've got... Like, that's the thing, this Indian team currently are really strong across the board. It's just the depth, and it's seeing who you can slot into that team to make it win, you know, win championships, win World Cups. So it, it, it's, a, it's a good time to be an Indian fan, but also a good time to be an England fan, I think. Okay. What are we seeing yeah. now in the next uh, in the rest of the series? Um, it'll be an interesting one. I think hopefully, what I'd like is I, I don't want England to shy away from playing the way that they have been playing. And I mean, uh, again, it's it's something that is worth talking about. But you see a lot of things going like obviously this was a record loss for England, mm-hmm. and so you look at that and go, is it Basball's fault? 
I don't think so. I think the way that England play, it's going to go one of two ways. Either we are going to chase a 400 and it's going to be the best thing we've ever done, or we're going to lose like this. But England showing this kind of intent is massive in terms of the England team of a few years ago would have attempted to block this game out for a draw, lost, and it would have been, ah, but they tried, you know, they were playing for the draw. I would rather England go out and attempt to chase it and go out swinging than... Because uh, it's you're you're out regardless whether you've defended it to slip or you've reverse scooped it to slip. Do you know what I mean? And I think I would rather us go for it and lose than us not go for it and still lose. I mean, history books mm-hmm. are still going to say that England lost by a record margin in India, four hundred and twenty-four. But runs. then you could see the next test where England chase four hundred. That's this England team, I think, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it isn't. But I would rather us take that gamble and take that risk than, you know, just block it out or do what the England team of old would have done, which is battle and lose. God, we, mm. we we win the moral series every time. Every we play. time. <laughs> we're, the, we're the moral goats, I think. I, I, I think generally I agree with you. But the thing that kind of bugs me about baseball the most isn't actually the cricket itself. It's the kind of self-importance of some of the England players, which like leans into arrogance. Um, I think Ben Duckett, this series, obviously fantastic um, knock from him. The what was it one fifty something? Yeah, batted uh, really well. Yeah, bat fantastically. Mm-hmm. But then he comes out after England get battered on day three, and says, "Oh." They can put as many runs as they want on the board. We'll go and chase it down. And like, I but get, I, I quite I, like that. Yeah, but when you go and lose by four hundred runs, it makes you look like. Yeah, a but what would you goes. rather him say? Oh, no, I don't think we're going to get it. I'd rather he be a little bit more humble than that. I w- I'd rather I, I, he say, "Oh, yeah, we'll look to chase it down." Not that. Oh, they can put as many as we want past us, but we mm. are England, mighty England. The lion roars again. <laughs> like, no, but I think, yeah, I think it's part of the mentality that comes with baseball. They go into every inning with the belief that they can chase it and they will chase it. And whether or not they do, I would rather them come out with that mentality and show that mentality than go, ah, maybe we'll do it, maybe we won't. Do you know what I mean? Well, you like it a bit more personality. Yeah, I think, and, and that's the point with this England team, I think. They are, they, I, I would rather them be a little bit more arrogant and a little bit more showing self-belief than respectful, meek. Yeah, well, from a, a fan's point of view, you never want your team to, to go out there and sort of give up. You know what I mean? I know exactly. I think, though, you can look to someone who's, you know, captained a very successful side in Pat Cummins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who is always incredibly humble and yet devastating on the pitch. And he's a lovely bloke, isn't he? Like, he's great. I'd love to go for a drink with Pat Cummins. I think he's, I think he's brilliant. Pat Cummins is a top, top player top captain and he always says the right thing Duckett said uh, the quote was the more the better after day three and that he also said after Jaiswell's double century uh, on day four he said uh, it's good that they're playing differently referring to Jaiswell uh, now uh, and that England should take credit from that as in oh yeah, yeah I don't agree with that no I don't agree with that yeah it, it is an interesting one I think I don't know I just I like this current England team and I like that they show fight and that they show belief, but I guess it's it is a it is a fine line and actually the Pat Cummins thing is really interesting because he does just come across as an absolutely lovely bloke and is an absolute weapon on the pitch. He's unbelievable. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a good debate to have. Yeah, it's it's the debate whether I mean Basball 
I mean, Stokes, as the captain of this basball team, has the highest win percentage of any England test captain ever, really. It's about yeah. 60% at the moment. <coughs> but say, like, the World Test Championship, are England going to win that playing basball? I don't think so. No. And that's, that's the thing. It's where do you... Like, what's the intent for this England team? Are we still in a rebuild or are we now looking to win games? Like, what's the... And not that we weren't looking to win games, but I mean more so, what's the focus? Are we looking to go out and win every game or are we still developing this team into a team that are going to win every game? I think the, the thing is, I think in a year's time, we'll see truly what this England team looks like because the old guard are now dropping off. You think Jimmy's probably got a year left in him. Johnny I mean, Bear, we say that every year. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but Johnny Bairst, though, unless he pulls out an absolute blinder in his next two tests, I think he's done. I think I, I don't I don't see a place for Johnny Bairst, though in this team anymore, especially when ha- when Harry Brook is back in. Ben Folkes is so brilliant with the gloves that we don't need him as a keeper. Harry Brook is great and scores at a better rate currently than Johnny Bairst, though does. So I I I think it's the end of YJB. I I, I don't I don't see a spot for him. Is the Y young or Yorkshire? So this is what I was Googling. Um, apparently, Johnny Bairstow's brother James plays cricket too. So they, they couldn't just call him JB. And then the Y got slotted in, but no one knows what the Y actually means. Different people say different things. So some people think it's Yorkshire's Johnny Bairstow. Some people think it's young. I think it's young. And I like the idea of it being young Johnny Bairstow. Young Johnny Bairstow. Because in my head, I call you YJB. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Yeah, I mean, you do call me Young Jimmy. Yeah. I don't know how you get away with it, to be honest. But I've kind of let you slide. Yeah. So. Um, would anyone else like to, to take a winner? Yeah, I can do. I can lead us in. I'm sure we've all got a similar winner. Obviously, Jimmy will agree with this. Uh, I've gone for Rasmus Hoyland yeah, this week. Yeah, I had that. Um, he scored six for his sixth successive Premier League game. He scored twice away at Luton at the weekend. And Man United have now got four league games on the spin. Yep. Is that correct? Yep. It yep. is. Um, obviously, he's got nine goals and assists out of his last six, and he sort of turned it around from from earlier on in the season where he'd gone was it fourteen games without scoring a goal. Yep. So he's he's really picked it up, and I'm sure you've got plenty to say on that he's, as well. Yeah. He's playing with uh, the confidence that perhaps a twenty year old, twenty one year old striker should have. Yeah. Um, that he didn't have at the start of the season, but you know. I'm very sceptical of Eric Ten Hag and I don't think he's going to last beyond the season. Mm-hmm. But why, I why, do, why, why is that? You, why? Well, I see him in a similar vein to like, um, almost like Louis van Gaal right. in that he might lead us to you know, an FA Cup or a top four or something. We're winning the FA Cup. But, it's, <laughs> but it's, just, it's, just, it's not enough and I don't think he's shown enough this year to, that's built upon last year. Um, yeah to show that he's the man to, that Ineos should take forward mm-hmm. under the... I was going to say, with a, with a whole new sort of restructure coming in. I yeah. think this is the, your chance to sort of get someone new in at that yeah. point. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Get a new take on I, I'd love to see... Uh, Inter played last night and they beat Atletico 1-0. I think Simone Inzaghi is a fantastic manager yeah. who plays a really exciting brand of football and I think he'd be really perfectly suited to United, especially when we try and compete with... Your Liverpools and Cities and Arsenals. Mm-hmm. I hate saying that we're competing with <laughs> Arsenal. That <laughs> feels strange. They should still be in a banter era. But what I think that's what Arsenal did so brilliantly was the whole Arteta project. Oh yeah. I think, and that's where United could almost learn a lesson. Well, it, was sort of, it was sort of left out initially, wasn't it? With Arteta. Well, that's, His first that's what season I mean. was quite like, disappointing. But they gave him time. But, but now, you know, look you how take good a, that side is. If you take a young manager and give him time, yeah. you could end up with an Arteta. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I do admire Ten Hag for the fact that he's kept this faith in Hoyland. We signed him for £70 million at the start of the season, which is a lot of money for a, tw- a then 20-year-old. But that's an investment yeah. in the potential that this guy has and that we're seeing now. I'm sure that he'll blow cold again at the end of the season. I don't expect this scoring run to continue. No. And maybe he'll go another 10 games without scoring. But equally, I back him at the start of next season to go on a... Yeah. Twelve game scoring well, he does look, yeah. Vardy's record. He does does look a, a much better player now, I must yeah. say, yeah. than he did. He's more complete now. Yeah. He's he's obviously getting in with the assists as well. He? Mm-hmm. He looks his composure yeah. looks better, I think. Yeah. I think he's looked he, he looks relaxed. The ball falls to him and you expect him to score now. Which is a great trait for a for a young yeah. striker yeah. to have. I mean the goal he scored against was it Wolves? The goal we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I think it was the Wolves game. Uh, what, the one where he just gets a little prod on the yeah. keeper? No, no, no. Controls it in the box. Villa. Was Villa that first? It would have been Villa. The there 3 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a lovely finish. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And that was his he does first. score nice goals, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Like, he looks, he's fun to watch. Did you see that one off his chest at the weekend against Luton? I did. That was a nice goal. Like, that was, like, intentional as yeah. well. Like, he meant. Well, it was two goals in the first. Was it six minutes? Yeah. So. Yeah. Man United's the fastest away goal ever. All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In Premier League history. That's oh, mad, isn't it? 37 seconds. Go on, Proddy. You're, you're saving <laughs> your job here. Stuff, <laughs> Good man. So you're now up to up to six, five points off the top four. Do you reckon it's sort of doable? With a plus one goal difference, yeah. which is fantastic. How do you, how do you see that panning um, out for the rest of the season? I don't see United finishing top four, just really? because I don't think that the current uh, football we're playing is good enough to sustainably reach top four mm-hmm. over the next, uh, whatever, 13 or so games, I think, is left. Um, we've had some, like the win over Villa, they played better than us, but we played well as an away team at Villa Park, which is a tough ground mm-hmm. that they've been very strong at. Which, which hurts to hear. Yeah, it does hurt to hear that. But then, you know that that Luton win. Obviously, Luton have been quite good at home as well. They've you know, City beat them by one goal. They got a draw with Liverpool, and they only lost in the last minute against Arsenal. But. To see like our midfield get completely overrun like that time yeah. and time again by Ross fucking Barkley <laughs> yeah. is like it's quite disheartening <laughs> to watch. Yeah, to really really work for that. Yeah, it was such an interesting mm-hmm. game to watch. Like the intensity from both teams was really enjoyable to watch. So I think you did well to come come away with all three points. Yeah, yeah. well, especially with Luton coming up, they're coming up fighting at the moment. Yeah. Aren't they, yeah. Do you I'm think really going to save it. I hope um, so. I'm really rooting for Luton. Yeah, They've I think. It's, sorry, go on. Yeah, I think it's difficult to sort of. You know, there's a couple of teams down there. I just think there's there's worse teams than them. I think of all the teams that are down there, I think they're the one that sort of get out of it. So they're they're yeah. level on points with Everton with a game in hand. Everton are a worse team though. Yeah, mm. I agree. But the the thing that's going to like decide whether teams go down this season is the whole points deductions thing. Yeah. Mm. I mean Forest could get deducted like 10 points. Everton could get another 10 or they could get get their 10 reinstated. Mm. It's oh, going to yeah. be a really odd season where it might you know full time on the final day might we might it not might know look who's complete, relegated. Yeah. It might look completely different to what it does now. Obviously I think Sheffield United are sort of yeah, dead and buried by now, you yeah. know. Two five nil defeats in the space yeah. of a month or something like that. You know, I think them and Burnley are gone, but that third spot. I've you just know. seen Sheffield United's goal difference, mate. It's terrible. Yeah. Minus forty three. Yeah, horrendous. They've conceded sixty five goals this season. <laughs> yeah. So I what mean, does what does that work out on average? Too many. Twenty five. It's two it's, point. It, no, three point. No, no, no two. Three, yeah, two sorry, point. sorry. 
I'm taking that back. Yeah. Uh, three, three, yeah. two point yeah. something. Every game. Two point something. Maths isn't yeah. your That's why. That's why we do journalism. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was watching that um, Sheffield United Brighton game at the weekend, and before the match, the two teams between them had conceded 100 goals <laughs> in a combined what was that 98 games. So over two goals a game between the two. It's impressive, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then add another five onto that, crikey! But yeah, I don't, I don't think United will finish top four, and I think that will be the catalyst to sack Ten Hag. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't necessarily think it's because United are, are weak, or, but I think it's the teams above you look, don't look like yeah. they're going to fall off. You know, you've got. Gonna yeah, I, yeah. Think, yeah. I think by this point, I think a bit earlier on in the season, if you'd have asked me, I don't think they'd, they'd have been able to sustain it. But you've got, you've reached February, and they're still obviously playing superb football. Do you know what I mean? I just don't think they'll. Be them or Tottenham? We'll, we'll, I think we'll I think Spurs will do it. Yeah, I think they're th- of the three: United, Villa, and uh, Spurs. I think Spurs mm-hmm. are the better team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Villa, Villa are very good, like under Unai Emery. Don't get me wrong, uh, which is not nice for you to hear as a rival Birmingham club. <laughs> but yeah, I don't see them staying at that level. Whereas Spurs, they've got everyone back fit now, mostly. Yeah. Like Madison's back now. Son's back from the Asian Cup. Van der Ven's fit again. Um, the only people they're missing really are Porro and Adogi, but I don't think they're supposed to be out for that long. No. So we've seen like that can be a really effective um, team going forward. Obviously, they're a bit leaky at the back, but I don't think it's because they're bad defenders. It's just because of the style of yeah. football. Um, I mean, I know you're bursting to talk about the Wolves-Spurs game, which we will do in a bit. Uh, I am. Beautiful smile. I am. At, um, yeah, I think I think Spurs will do it. While we're while, while we're on the sort of topic, um, who do you think is going to win the league? Oh, well, question. I've I've sort of got my hands tied. I've got to say Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if yeah. I don't, you, you're in trouble. If if I don't say Liverpool. <laughs> I, I think I'll be dumped. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, personally, I'm bad off you listen to this, but personally, I think Man City will do it. I just think they've got the experience. We've been in this position so many times. Last season with Arsenal. Season before it was with Liverpool as well, wasn't it? Where who would you who would you want to win the league? Not necessarily who you think. Um, well, who would you want to? I know who I don't want to. <laughs> who like do you, I don't want City I don't, to win. I don't, I like I don't want City to win. I'm a bit. I think they're I'd dull. Like to see I, 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 I want to see Arsenal win it. I think, I think I think it'd be nice to see a change. I hope Arsenal. Win. My brother's an Arsenal fan, and right, that brother's yeah. been that brother's been in the trenches. <laughs> I want I want to see them do well. Mm, yeah, I'd like to see them do well. It'd be good to see a new team win yeah. the league. You know, yeah, you've done so it. Three years. The, the in Arsenal more. story is so good. Mm. Like I like I, I I like Arteta. I think he comes across well. I think their current couple of players comes across well, excluding Thomas Partey, who's a knob. But mm. that's beside. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put the two at the same level. Yeah. Yeah. Partey slightly a worse person. But no, I think I I really hope Arsenal go and do it. And I think they will, and that is why they are my first winners this week. Great, unbelievable segue. Unbelievable segue. Crack on. Arsenal are eleven nil. In their past two games, they beat West Ham 6-0 away, which we talked about briefly last week, and they beat Burnley 5-0 away this week. So It's also t- 21-2 in their last five. Yeah. yeah. It's, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. It's, they are, I think they're looking the strongest of the three um, mm. title yeah. contenders. Well, they obviously beat Liverpool, didn't they? Yeah. Two, they, three games ago. They did. They, they, they were much better than, than Liverpool. I'd back game. them to beat City at the moment, because I think Arsenal look like a better team than City. You know, last night they... Beat Brentford one nil, and they just weren't really that convincing. <laughs> I think I think the thing with City is that they're missing Gundogan a lot. That captain, yeah, that, yeah. Um, solidity. Arsenal do mm. have a tough running actually. 
They play Chelsea, City, uh, Villa, Spurs, United. Yeah, but in a way, that could sort of mm. play to their benefit if they beat, if they yeah. go and beat those teams. Oh, you know that, what I mean? If, if they, they do, City, to be the best, you've got to beat if the they, best. If they beat Spurs, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking of Chelsea, Arsenal's goal difference is actually better than uh, Chelsea's points. <laughs> what? Wow. Uh, Arsenal's goal difference is 36 and uh, Chelsea's points is 35. Wow. What a drop-off. <laughs> hey, That's insane. Yeah, we're, we're level, get we're level enough, of points with Chelsea. Like? Which is, I love that stuff. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's unreal. That. That's unbelievable work, Brody. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Arsenal have won their last five games in a row. Saka so. absolutely unplayable at the moment. Yeah. Which is, again, a turnaround from the start, from, from sort of midway through the season yeah. where... Yeah. I mean, I, I think I sold him in FPL. Are oh, we still in mind? Yeah, he's, oh. he's back in, he's back in. But, you know, I've seen some, like, disgusting comparisons between Saka and young Ronaldo, which <laughs> I don't think are warranted. But the comparisons that I do think are quite interesting are between Saka and young Gareth Bale. Ooh. They've right. got very similar stats um, from the games played. I think um, Bale's got 10 more goals and 10 fewer assists than Saka in about the same amount of Premier League games, including that um, little spell that he had uh, a couple of years ago in the pandemic. But, you know, these are players that both transitioned from... I mean, Saka under Arteta right at the start was playing like a right wing-back. Was um, he? Uh, let, yeah, right wing-back, right back sort of thing. And then he's moved that. further up the pitch, which a lot of players do. That's kind of like the thing. Yeah. Like Ashley Young, he started as a right winger, now he's been a right back mm-hmm. for donkey's years. But, yeah, I think... Their stats are really similar. I think their um, journeys are quite similar, and I can really see Saka in a few years making that jump. To... You could see Saka at Madrid, couldn't you? That would be scary. <laughs> if they if they get Mbappe and you have Saka with him and Bellingham, mm. oh, oh imagine <laughs> that's sub team. I I could definitely see Saka at, at Madrid, but mm. I know Arsenal fans would. That's a football manager f- wet dream. Absolutely <laughs> flame me for God, I'm even have to try speaking that out about a Saka transfer <laughs> right now. But I think that's the sort of thing that could happen, like uh, Rashford to PSG could happen. Well, if you yeah. think if Saka goes, they'll bring in Pedro Neto. Yeah, they'll, well, they'll, they'll take Pedro Neto. Yeah, up he's, he's very worried now. But he's not going to go this year, and Pedro Neto is obviously going to come to Man United. As no, Ineos, I think he's got a couple of years left in Arsenal. If I'm being honest. Yeah. I, I actually I could not do this podcast with you if I had to see Pedro Neto in a Man United shirt it would kill me <laughs> it would actually like I don't think I, t- I could talk to you I would love it no, I'd love it if no. we beat them love it <laughs> um, yeah Saka's been incredible yeah. um, Martin Odegaard Odegaard yeah. is yeah as, as, as usual you know. he's gone the other way Real Madrid to Arsenal I yeah. know Saka hasn't made that move yet but he will yeah. um, <laughs> but Odegaard's He's found his feet in the Prem. He looks really strong. He like captain's captain as yeah. well. Like it's the arm man suits him. I think. Yeah. Um, the only thing that they need to really upgrade is Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, but I think that will come in the summer. Yeah. I think it, if they don't who, upgrade, who, who do you reckon they go for? They've got plenty of options. Not Tony. Victor Osherman. Yeah. Well, that's all. That's always fraud yeah. about, isn't it? Yeah. Whether it actually happens or not. Harry. Kane. Oh, <laughs> hot topic, oh, that eh? Be, that would be so good. That would be delicious. That would be incredible. Yeah. But yeah, Arsenal and uh, also Arsenal women are also yeah. a winner this week for me. Uh, I've kind of lumped them in as one club, like Arsenal as the yeah. club. Uh, they beat Man United 3 1. 
in front of a record crowd at the Emirates. I think it was 60 plus thousand. Wow. 60,160. Yeah, thank cool, you very much. Roddy! <laughs> this man is fighting for his <laughs> job. Well, that's more than most Premier League games, isn't it? That's, that's well, yeah, that's, that's, that's nearly double that's, our capacity. That's a, that's a brilliant turnout for a female. I mean, female yeah, which makes it all the more surprising that they often play their games in front of like a couple of thousand people at a substandard like League Two yeah. slash National League ground. It's mm. National League ground, I think. Yeah, I think it's a National League ground. So, you know, if they can sell that out, then, you know, why can't they play there every week? Obviously, yeah. there's the clash with Arsenal, but, you know, they should be playing in front of bigger crowds every mm-hmm. week. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And in terms of the title race, I think that a few weeks ago, it was looking like Chelsea were going to run away with it again. Um, but now it looks like there's also kind of a three-way title race in the, in the WSL between Chelsea, Man City and Arsenal. And we'll have three points off top Arsenal at the moment. Alfie's got it up. This man is doing yeah, work is. today. Up the property. Yeah, I saw a thing actually uh, the other week that Chelsea lost their f- the Chelsea women lost their first home game in three years. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was to Brighton? No, Brighton was that other one. I, I can't remember who it was, but yeah. So, for reference, that's so Chelsea are on 34 mm-hmm. up top. City women are level with them. On thirty-four, and Arsenal women on thirty-one. So it's all—it is all to play for. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a big gap then to United women. So it is going to be one of those three. Sack really. Mark Skinner, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Arsenal, my winners of the week. Yeah, well, it's such a good collective spirit there as well. The yeah. it's been—I yeah. mean, it's been like that for a year or two. But but yeah, it's definitely prominent at this moment. Can I jump in with a winner that's a bit away from? You top? absolutely can. can. Uh, so I've got Facundo Diaz Acosta. Right. Uh, is he oh. by any chance a tennis player? He is, yeah. Of course he is. Smashing. Here we go. <laughs> um, so he was already a winner before the early hours of this morning. Um, so he was a wild card in the Buenos Aires uh, Open, which is, I think it was Alcaraz, is that right, James? That he was the one that won it before? Uh you're the one who's yeah, the product. Yeah, Alfie, you're supposed to be no, no, a tennis specialist. Right, yeah, back on probation. I think, I think he was. Uh, yeah, so, th- so this guy was a wild card, and he won against Jarry 6-3, 6-4 in the final, and oh didn't man. drop a set uh, within the whole tournament. Wow. Ja- Jarry beat Alcaraz on the way to that final yes. as well, so that's like a big win. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's impressive. And then the early hours of this morning, uh, in, Rio, in the Rio Open, he upset Stan Ravinka in straight sets. Would you call it an upset? I would, because I think I can I think he's still a decent player. I would say. Sta- I mean, he's fat. Like, <laughs> like sta- hang, sta- on, sta- hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on. Hang on a minute. I know, right? <laughs> I right. Hold it there, but, Jimmy. You know, don't pot- throw stones. Yeah, so. pot kettle black. But I mean, sta- <laughs> Stan is a chunky lad. Like his backhand is still fantastic. Like, see, there's been a lot of chat in the tennis world this week, Alfie. I'm sure you would have seen about the lack of single-handed backhanders. Yeah, in uh, the top ten. In the top ten. Because um, they're all double-handed, but St- Stan's like single-handed backhand. He showed it a few times in the opening few games. Because he went five-two up. I was watching on Sky Sports Tennis. Absolute godsend that Chambers. Um, he was just like he looked so elegant with it, but then he just got really angry because he kept losing. He, he was five-two up in the first set, and he lost seven-five. Jesus. And then he was three-nil down. Three love. Sorry. Uh, we got we got to speak tennis here. Uh, it was three love down in the second set. Came back to uh, so that was a double breakdown. Came back to I think he had three break points to uh, tie up at three three. 
but then he didn't and he lost 6-4. So straight sets defeat for Stan. Yeah. It was his first time at the Rio Open, um, mm. which is rare for like a veteran like Stan, three-time Grand Slam winner, to not have been to every ATP event. But first time in Rio, the fans were on his side. They were loving him. But yeah, sent home early by Facundo Diaz Acosta. Mm. Second best Facundo after Pellistri. I like him. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, while we're on the topic of tennis, I may as well go into my, my second winner, which is Andy Murray. Um, he's earned his first win of, of 2025 this week. Is that correct, Arthur? Well, has yeah. has yeah. he been a double um, loser this season? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's, on, he's, on, he's on the winner's, on the, on the winner's yeah, side wow. this time. Great. He, beat, he, must have been, he must have been listening. Yeah, well, they beat uh, Alexander Muller in the opening round of the Qatar Open, um, thus ending a six-match losing streak, stretching back to October. So, And as you told me before the podcast, he's currently playing at this moment. Uh, yeah. So yep. I'm just. And how was that looking? I'm trying to. Oh, here you go. He's um, four three Menchik at the minute. All right. Yeah. Are they still on? Are they still on serve? I don't even know what that means. I'll have is, a look. Is he uh, no, Men- Menchik's a break up in the first set. Yeah, Menchik actually uh, did an upset in the first round because uh, the 18 year old beat the world number 25 uh, fucking her. In Say that again. Sorry. Yeah. Right. So, so we've had, what? What? we've had we've had His a couple of questions. Fakina. No. Davidovich Fakina. I thought it was Fakina. I think it's Fakina. I think we should keep it like that. I like yeah. that. Uh, I'll tell you who else is currently playing. <laughs> no. It's your favourite. It, it's not. It's not. It's, it is. It's Martin <laughs> Fushevich. Oh. He's playing oh. against Alexander Bublik. Oh yes. Oh, you had me. You had me. The little bait. Right. Well, Chris, we're filming this week, so no. Yeah, no, no wandering uh, around the room. It was you who were doing yeah, it. Ah, give over. Don't, don't come at me. You started it. I just finished it. Sound levels went through the roof. Style, <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. That's a, that's a serious <laughs> jump. Oh. Oh, Clip that, probably. Clip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also currently playing Coco Goff against Carolina Pliskova, and they're one set apiece. Nice. Good stuff. Good. Any more winners? Um, I can go. Go for it. Yeah. yeah, I've got I've got an honorary mention because I do Wolves every week, so I'm not going to put them in as a winner. But they're my little a, a slight honorary mention. Beat Spurs, great play, mm-hmm. and with Cunha out, you know I I didn't go in expecting loads. I thought it might be a tough one, and we we played them off the park. We were brilliant uh, away at Spurs, a great result. Pedro Neto looks bloody brilliant as well, uh, and Jao Gomez scoring too. Who said yeah. at the start of the season that he wants to have a little bit more of an attacking role, and now he's getting it. Um, so yeah, that's an honorary mention. Uh, my final winner though is Damian Lillard, uh, who was named All Star Game MVP in the in a record win for the East over the West, uh, which was I think the highest scoring ever uh, NBA All Star Game. Uh, but yeah, scored thirty nine points, eleven three pointers. Uh, it's a record in an All Star Game for points. Um, so it surpassed the the game itself surpassed one hundred ninety six, uh, which was scored by the West in twenty sixteen. Um, and yeah, um, you had Jalen Brown who scored 36, and Tyrese Halliburton scored 32. Uh, but yeah, just a nice one to a nice one to see. I mean, not too much to say, but a good little performance. The All Star Game is an interesting one though because, like, I guess obviously it makes sense. You know, they're not going out there and playing at 100 percent because they don't want to injure themselves in a game that doesn't matter. But at the same time, you're just seeing like stupid shit happen, like. Then like it's basically just who can score the 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 best like who who can who can do the coolest shit mm. like the, it, it it would be and it, it would never happen because of that sort of risk of injury but it would be really interesting to see an all star game where they actually did just go all out for it 
and actually did you know push themselves. It's like the the NFL have the Pro Bowl, where again it's the same thing. Like no one's playing defense. It's just who can score the most outlandishly. So yeah, you know there's there's a. Would you would you want to see an All Star game in the Premier League? No, no, <laughs> no. Why? Because it would be terrible. Why would it be terrible? It would be awful. First no. of all, what are the teams going to be? Because you can't divide it like east west like you can in America. You can't exactly have north, north south. versus south. North south. Yeah. Yeah. North yeah. south. A would be shite yeah. because no. north would yeah. win every time. B, where the fuck do the Midlands go? That's like a wasteland. Do we have them? Hang on a minute. Do we have them in like a bronze medal match? We, we do the line. Yeah. No, no I think you just you just get the best. You pick the best thirty players across the board, and you go regardless of which team they play for. You have a voting system like they do in the NBA where you go, okay, fans can vote for who they think the top 30 players are. The top 30 vote receivers play in a game. The managers are also voted. So you get your, or you get like your all-star managers. So you bring him back, you know, like Ferguson, get him managing a game. Do you know what I mean? You do that, you have the best 30. The heart attacks that that man would have (laughs) if he had to manage the current crop of absolute pansies. But who would would captain both teams, do you think? Like in this current... Or, or, or who would be the sort of number one pick for both teams? Num- number like, one so who pick. are your top two? Well, got to, Harland's got to be So Erling Haaland has one. to be one. Yeah. Uh, who comes and second? And Salah, probably. Yeah. Do you reckon? Haaland Salah. and Salah. Yeah. But how cool would it be to see Haaland and Salah play like, on they the same team? They play each other twice a fucking no, season. but on the same team? No. Would, yeah. No. Come on. I've got FIFA just, for yeah. that. <laughs> I, don't, I think it would be, it would be a showcase. And then they. I think I might have been Americanized. Mate, you know? they probably play it in like Saudi as well. No, like, no. Yeah, the woods. Yeah, they would. Yeah, I mean, they would, absolutely would. They yeah. play it in Saudi. You'd have. Uh, that's another game to go on the calendar that Pay-per-view. the players don't already need. And we've talked so much about like um, protecting players and too many games. So I think it's just a load of Americanized bollocks. Basically, I think it's also but on it the same level fun. as like seeing at a derby when you, when the two players are like shaking hands. Uh, before they go, like in the in the dugout and in the tunnel, like it's like you want that rivalry and yeah. you want it to main maintain that atmosphere. Are we maintaining kayfabe in the Premier League? <laughs> 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 it's like the WWE, fucking hell. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I, I just think it would be a it would be a cool experience. Do you know what I mean? It would be I like, think that that thing's the, sort of reserved the, for for your legends. Yeah, you know but like I mean? an like, all star, yeah. like the all star weekend in the NBA does so well. Like the dunk contests. Or, okay, how about not a game, but like, you know how like the NBA a have... Penalty like a, shoot No, out. I'm saying, I'm saying we do it like crossbar a, like a Chris MD. Like, yeah, crossbar challenge, <laughs> free kick challenge. No. We get Mini Minter out. It'll bang. That's what soccer It'll go off. Though. We'll get Mini Minter out. Yeah, I'm sure Richard Masters, head of the Premier League, is listening to Chris right now. All in good sport. Yeah, let's get Mini Minter at Wembley. We'll, we'll cover the event. I'm trying to see Chris challenge. MD take on Martin Odegaard. He already has. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm trying to see it on the big stage. The big in stage in front of, of ninety thousand people. Yeah, yeah. obviously, or Jersey. That's Chris. Is what's the What's the ground that he used to play on called? Uh, oh God, Proddy, get on this. Where did Chris MD used to film it was his like videos? The fortress, wasn't it? Yeah, the fort. I want to see Martin Odegaard at the fortress. That's what I want to see. <laughs> can we Can we get Ollie and go? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would go off. Or even better, what was his sister called? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know what Rota Shaw's sister's uh, called. So of course you do. What, why is that? Because she was in loads of his videos back oh. in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the fortress. Sweet. Anyone else for our next winner before we win on, uh, move on to some losers? Uh, Bayern Leverkusen. 
Uh, is that back now, to back for them? Yeah. Uh, they have now equaled Bayern's all time German football record for the longest unbeaten run across all competitions. Which uh, is yeah. 32 games without defeat. Wow. wow. That, is, that is a good statistic. That. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. So they are, is it eight points clear now? Uh, yes. Yeah. After Bayern lost. I was going to say, did Bayern lose again this week? Yeah, 3 2 to. Yeah, well, they're good. Welcome. Yeah, Leverkusen doing well, and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's given more of a like Alonso is going to make well, that move. Well, they've gone. Running. How many years have Bayern gone winning the league consecutively? Is it? Is it, it was something ridiculous. It was wasn't it? We mentioned it last something, week. Something like that. Oh, yeah, you weren't here last week, were you? No, no. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think it was thirteen <laughs> seasons or something with, without a a different different league winner. Serious spelling there, Alfie. Fuck. Did I say Beesons? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what Alfie's typing <laughs> here, but the nerves are getting to him. He knows his job's on the line and he's bottling it. Just 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 silence while we while we watch yeah. him collapse. <laughs> For anyone listening on Spotify, this must be a horrific listen. Anyone right watching now. on YouTube, oh, you know? Dear. I mean we're getting some like keyboard ASMR <laughs> from Prodi. Alfie search it, man. <laughs> We've killed him off. <laughs> I've never seen this type what of stuff. What is wrong with him? Jesus Christ! What win the league in a row? Is that what he's asking? Because we did. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, no, we did it last week. It's Eleven. There Eleven. There we go. You, why did you get me to search up then? If you're we didn't even search it up, you dosser. Yeah, because I was so busy thinking. You're lucky you're still on probation. <laughs> I was just looking up other unbeaten runs for for one of my losers, but yeah. we'll, we'll keep that under wraps. Yeah. For okay. Now. No, well, I've got I've got one more winner. If anyone else has, does, anyone else have any more winners? Um. I've got one more. Yeah. Yasmin. Yeah. I've got one yeah, more. do you want to go in for one? Yeah, well, yeah. I'll yeah. do it quickly because it is another aquatics one. No, but sorry. it is swimming. Um, actually, I'm sort of going to bring them in together. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Daniel Whiffen. Um, he won the uh, 1500 metres and 800 metres freestyle. First um, Irish world swimming champion. Wow. Um, right. And very, very impressive swims. One to look out for in the Olympics. Little shout out to him. Um, also, um, Freya Colbert in the 400 IM. These two in particular, because 1500, 400, 800 are incredibly difficult yeah. swims to do, especially the IM. These are the ones which um, bring together all four uh, strokes and um, to win that is incredibly impressive because it brings together so many different techniques um, and it is a complete tactical race. Um, and swimming is one of these sports which come down to the minutest of details, like how good your turn is. If you do a shit dive, then that's it. Yeah. You know, um, and Freya did a really good swim. Um, she was sixth after the fly legs. Um, she came back up into second for the backstroke leg and then sort of sat behind um, Franceschi um, and then came flying back in the last 50 metres on the freestyle to... Uh, yeah, t- uh, touch her out on the uh, on the finish. Um, did want to make a little mention about Gorbenko, who came second, sorry, in that race. Um, she is an Israeli swimmer, um, and she was actually booed during her interview, which was taken afterwards, um, which was a little bit sad to see. She's yeah. also, I should mention, born of Ukrainian <coughs> parents. Oh, Jesus. As well, so... A little bit distasteful. Yeah, she's not for the greatest of times. No, no. Um, so, yeah. But silver medal. So, yeah, little shout out to yeah. her as well. I mean, we have talked on the pod about, um, like, Russia being banned from the Olympics and then 
okay, if Russia's banned, why isn't Israel? So I can see why there were boos, because really, I mean, in the tennis world, we've seen, like, Sabalenka, you know, she won uh, Aussie, but she didn't have, like, a flag next to her name the whole mm -hmm. time. She's um, from Belarus, um, obviously, like, very close to Russia yeah. and um, involved in the war in Ukraine. But, you know, for a, a country that's currently, uh, according to the international court of justice probably committing a genocide in gaza then i can totally see why um there was some booing in the mm -hmm. in the stands but, but it's think, not her fault i was gonna say like the the athletes themselves yeah. are not the ones who are deserving of the boots exactly yeah. like to and it's a it's a tough one because for a, a, like, I'll, I'll bring it to a sport that i sort of saw it within but within formula one you had mazapin but and he was he received a, a load of criticism but because his dad was best mates with Putin. So that's a situation where you look at it and go, okay, do you know what? You're having a direct relationship mm. with what is going on. Therefore, I understand the individual criticism. But when it's a, 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 a sports person who themselves has no direct correlation to what's going on, it doesn't seem particularly justifiable to try and pin the actions of a country on... This well, you could say it's sort person. of bigger than the athlete, that sort of thing. You know, exactly, not and that's what I mean. The like, athlete themselves, the what, what the, do you gain from booing yeah. this athlete who is just trying to do their job? If, if she'd come out and gone, what Israel are doing is great, then you turn around <laughs> and go, okay, do you know what? Boo her. She did say a line which I don't think was meant in the same tone as what you yeah. just said, but she did say, I am, you know proud to swim for my country Ooh. but I, it which would could have been could be the way spinned, it yeah. could yeah. be spinned yeah. in a way but the booing was happening way before she said that so she was booed um as soon as her name was announced as so she came out for the final yeah. and she was booed as soon as her interview started there was jeering and mocking and stuff and then the last line was that which was probably a reaction yeah to it um so yeah for a little bit of context there was that one line but if, um, I was going to say, if that comes at the end, it does suggest a reaction to yeah. what's going on. Also, it's, it's the same sort of debate as should sport and politics be put in the same basket? I don't know what, if you've had this debate we before. Have, yeah. We have. Yeah. It was a while ago. I mean, and the point is that they are, they always have been and they always will be. Yeah, there's, there's, there's they are in it. do about it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also, it's a, if you believe in something, it's a great platform. Have, yeah. did, you put in, did you talk about like taking the knee and stuff? We will have we were we were mentioned it. At some I think point. we were yeah. talking mainly about Saudi sports washing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but also like again within Formula One, there's a lot of backlash. There was a lot of backlash, like and actually across the world of motorsport, you've got Bubba Wallace who is who was at the time at least the only uh, NASCAR driver, the the only black NASCAR driver, and he um, there was uh, an incident in which. Uh, like during the Black Lives Matter stuff where he entered the garage to find a noose hung within his garage. So like within sport, if you have the platform, I think it should be used and it should not be punished for being used mm -hmm. because athletes are people. They have political beliefs. They have beliefs that they believe should be shared. Mm -hmm. Now, there is obviously a case for policing those beliefs to make sure that we're not spreading hate speech. But at the same time, you have to give the people who, if you're giving them a platform to perform, you have to give them a platform to talk. Otherwise, they're performing monkeys and we have no, there's no personality. We can't expect athletes to just turn off their beliefs because they're playing sport. Yeah. They are people and they should be treated as people. Yeah. yeah. Although these are, we've got to be careful though, because, you know, athletes being 
famous as they are, there's a risk that we can kind of over-amplify their voices yeah. as well uh, when they give an opinion on something that, you know, does the weight of their opinion matter more than your average Joe? Yes, it does, but at the same time, that shouldn't negate the fact that we should give them a platform to speak. Like, I'm not saying we shouldn't, I'm just saying yeah, we've got no, to no, no, I know what you mean. But it's usually a media problem of trying to get clicks and blowing stuff out of proportion. Yeah. But It's a tough one, and I think media coverage of like of athletes and what they say is so twisted and so taken out of context that it is it is it is a dangerous game because all it takes is one clip. It's such a that, big problem to have. There's, yeah. no, there's no real solution. No, for it. And, unless yeah. you try and then crack down on what the media can and can't say, which then sort of dilutes. Creates another problem. I was going to say yeah. then then you'll get an issue of what we can and can't say in the yeah, media. Censorship and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. back on the on the swimming grind, I did mention <laughs> this on the on the Friday sport. But uh, shout out to Laura Stevens. Oh, amazing! Two on yeah. the fly. Yeah. yeah, so unexpected. Yeah, Britain's first individual female world champion since 2011 uh, swam in two minutes and 7.35 seconds to win gold there. Adam Peaty on his comeback has won bronze. He's well. He's an interesting. One. So this is since uh, he's taken five years away from the world champs. This is his first one back, and he came. Yeah, he got that bronze in the hundred, and he came fourth in the fifty breaststroke as well. He's world record holder, and I, I think, my prediction is this is going to be the Olympics where he drops his gold. Yeah. Think. Yeah. He's really, really struggled, and I think a world champs is. Okay, you, there is the there is the argument. This is his first one back. He's just warming back into it, but it's not long until Paris. How much can he really do? Um, also, uh, Hyang. Sorry if I've completely butchered that um, pronunciation, but um, his main Chinese competitor wasn't involved in the World Champs. Okay. So this is adding yet another swimmer yeah. to the mix, which is threatening his position. I think he's gonna. It would be amazing if he does it. But I, I am putting a prediction out that this is going to be a, a shock in the Olympics, really. I mean, the way you've described it, it probably wouldn't be a shock if he, if he drops it, considering he's taken so much time out for his mental health yeah. and, and being with his kids. I don't know if you saw an interview on the BBC that he did um, where he was talking about, like, you know, I've taken a lot of time out and I've kind of I've found faith and been to church every Sunday. And, you know, it was quite, quite a heartwarming story yeah. about, about coming back into it. And... Um, I don't th- in the in the semi-finals he was the fastest. Mm. So I think his speed is there. He said that I think he made a mistake in his first 25 meters in this the final. This is what I mean like in swimming if you make one mistake you're out of it especially in a in a 50 or a 100 both of those are sprint races. Yeah. Um so yeah those fine margins come into everything. I mean look at him he's a beast. He's mm. huge. Yeah. And that is what these sprinters look like. The wingspan on swimmers is insane. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, actually, because everyone goes, oh, swimmer's physique. There isn't a swimmer's physique. Everyone looks different. Yeah. Because you, you've got a 1,500 swimmer who's really tall and lean, um, who just focuses on stamina, because um, that would take about 15 minutes to swim that race. Yeah. Um, Whereas you look at a 50 swimmer, so Ben Proud, he's in the freestyle and he was in the fly as well, um, or has been in the past. Adam Peaty, breaststroke. Mm. These are huge, huge swimmers. It's just Jesus about power. Jesus Christ, he's jacked. Ben, yeah. ben Proud, uh, I wow. feel bad for him because he always finishes football. He's like Captain America. Isn't he? Like that, that guy is always the bridesmaid. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Petey could win gold. I don't he think it, I don't think it's out of the question. He won't, but I I wouldn't be entirely surprised if he yeah. if he didn't. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it it will be an interesting one to watch. To be honest, in the past, the swimming has been an incredibly exciting sport for me to watch, and I've always loved it. Um, I actually think turn your attention to diving for the Olympics. Okay. There are much more exciting people there at the moment who will be pushing for gold. 100%. Um, uh, Andrea Spindolini Syriax, Fred Syriax's daughter. Yeah, all right. She did very, very well. Um, and I believe she's like 19 or something. She's very, very young. She won so silver or something. She won a few. So she won gold in the mixed team event with Tom Daly, um, Hugh Jensen, Daniel Goodfellow. Um, and I think she won bronze in her 10 metre. I think it was something like that. So she won a few medals. Um, yeah, no, it was Im- very impressive from her. Mew Jensen, again, is someone else who is very exciting on the three metre. Um, yeah, I think Tom Daly, Noah Williams especially, they could be very exciting. Mm. In terms of uh, British hopes in the, in the swimming, though, um, were we still looking at Duncan Scott and Tom Dean? Um, Duncan Scott didn't have a particularly great um, world champs. Uh, there was quite a lot of just missing out in fifth. Um, I think he is someone to watch because he's been so impressive in the past and obviously Tom Dean is as well. Team Bath! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've actually swum in the same gala as Tom Dean, believe it or not. Um, Obviously not anywhere near him, he's much older. Um, It was when I was about eight or nine and yeah, I remember my dad saying he remembered seeing him on like the um, programme and stuff. So yeah, he's, he's great. But I don't know, yeah, people to people to watch definitely in Tom Dean think he'll he'll be um exciting. But um when they won their gold that was a shock. So it'll be interesting to see if they can continue with that. Laura Stevens though, I'd say. You're right to mention that one. Shall we move on to some losers? Uh, I've got one more winner, first of all. Oh, yeah, go, yeah, go, go, go. Uh in my absence last week we uh we this winner was snubbed. Ooh. Um yeah, a bit of a hot topic. Obviously, it's the mighty Bradford's here. <laughs> we gave, you a, uh, we gave yeah. you a mention. Oh, we got a brief mention. Yeah, I know. We wasn't very that happy was with that, boys. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, um, I'm impressed that you listened. To me. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, we missed out on the past couple of weeks, to be honest with you. Um, and I think it's a good moment to put us in now because we've got a semi-final tonight uh, in the the very famous <laughs> John Stump Payne Trophy. What's it called now? Bristol uh, Street, 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 Street Motors yeah. Trophy. Is it not Papa John's? The, no. Not Papa John's anymore. No, it's changed, changed its sponsor halfway the through Bristol the season. Bristol Street Motors Trophy. For some reason. Yeah. Yes, we've got a semi-final. Um, we've, we've done well. Beaten uh, Liverpool, Doncaster in the run-up to that to that uh, semi-final. And a trip, in, trip to Wembley could be in could be in order if we, if we beat them tonight. That sounds like an all um, sport trip. To definitely. Win. We'll mm-hmm. beat Sutton 1-0 at the weekend, uh, which is a third consecutive league victory. We're now two points off the playoffs. So it sort of spun around quite well. And we've now got five consecutive clean sheets in the league, which is obviously another good achievement. Beat MK Dons 4-0 the week before. was probably mentioned last week. And obviously beating Wrexham as well in our past, yeah. in our past three. Impressive. So we've sort of... It has been a good turnaround. I, mean, mass, I yeah, was going to say Bradford were a loser we, for we, a lot We usually <laughs> are losers when, when we talk about Bradford City <laughs> on this, in this context. Um, but there's obviously been a bit of disgruntlement around the fan base this season with you know the lack of progression. But it seems as though, dare I say it, we've sort of picked it up a little bit. It's like to turn oh, the corner. I, I, I yeah, and if we do yeah. go beat Wickham tonight and, and go to Wembley, and obviously the, then that puts us in good stead for a running for the playoffs. And then we could even 
there I say it, go there again. Last time we went to Wembley twice in one season was 2013 with the League Cup final and the playoff finals. It's a similar sort of yeah. situation. You know, we're coming in running as the outsiders for these playoffs, which is another comparison to, to 2013. So, Remind me of the it's, score it's, of that 2013 final, Joe. Um, yeah, we not go there. Yeah, remind me of the the last League Two team to to, to get to a final of the League Cup. You know what? There you Fair go. enough, mate. Yeah. Fair enough. There you go. It will you know be Swindon. What? No, it won't. I fucking hate Swindon. Rochdale, 1962. Yeah. <laughs> Off the dome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Only two teams have ever do it. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Time for some losers, then. Yes. Yeah. Can I lead? This Push come. Uh, I'm going to talk about Johnny Bairstow. <laughs> Again. YJB. YJB. Young young Johnny Bairstow, um, who has been backed by Brendan McCullum this week and believe, uh, who believes that he will come good. However, across the first six innings of this India tour, he's averaged 17, um, scoring zero and four respectively in the first and second innings of the third test. Um, so from a sort of quote uh, or, or from an interview with Brendan McCullum, they want to give him every chance to access the explosiveness of 2022 um, and across... The first six matches of Ben Stokes' captaincy, he hit four centuries um, and averaged 75. However, since he's returned from breaking his ankle, uh, he now averages, he, he scored 424 runs at an average of 30. So it's a big drop off. And you worry that while they want to give him time, and I get that, um, I think the more time they give him, the less time they're giving to players who are coming through obviously Harry Brook is injured which is why he's not playing in this current series but he's it was it was highlighted actually um, from an, a Crick Info article uh, from a man whose name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce try it uh, Vitishan Hanna Taraja that was impressive Smooth. that was so impressive um, who highlighted that uh, Bairstow's dismissal against Judeja this time round was his eighth duck against India um, but the first time that he's been dismissed playing uh, an attacking shot which almost suggests that Bairstow is holding back a little. I mean, when we saw in 2022 um, Bairstow pre-injury, he was so attacking. He was going out there and, again, in the, in the sort of spirit of Basball, as it were, was going out and, and really, you know, taking it to the bowlers. And you, you almost, the, the, way, the ways that Bairstow has been dismissed post-injury, he's almost, he's playing like he's not in this Basball era. He's not... It, it's almost like he's lost confidence and he's not playing in the way that we expect Bairstow to play. And, you know, I, I, I said before that you, you give him these two tests and you see, but I don't know. I don't know what the future of Johnny Bairstow looks like and I don't know if it is in this England team. Is he going to be 100 tests and out? I think so. I think, I think it... I, I, uh, like, unless he dramatically turns it around, I don't see a place in this England team for him. He's not a good enough wicketkeeper... He's not batting well at the minute. And as a fielder, he's standard, if not just below that. Like, he's fine. But this England team doesn't need fine. It needs great. And players like Harry Brook are great. I think... And and obviously, we can't take away from what he's done in the past for this England team. But that when there are so many good young players, shout out to Sam Hayne of Warwickshire, who needs an England call-up at some point soon, because he's brilliant. Um, yeah, I just think... Relying on the old... It's like the, the Moeen Ali call-up of the Ashes. Like, lovely to see him again. I love Moeen, you know, Warwickshire captain now. But 
we don't need to rely on this old guard. Do, we do, need to do you not think, on the other hand, that that experience is, is, is helpful in, in a way? Absolutely, I do. But you have players of experience. You've got Jimmy Anderson, right. Joe Root, yeah. Ben Stokes. You know, th- there are players in that team with experience. And I think we can't just keep picking him mm-hmm. on the basis that he's played 100 test matches. He is, not, he is now not good enough for this England team. In my view, mm-hmm. he is not playing at the standard expected of a player like him. If he was coming in and let's say he was, even if he was averaging, I mean, in this series he's averaged 17. If, if he turned around and got a century or some kind of score, a battling inning, maybe you can make the case that he's still got something about him. But he scored zero and four in the last test match. He's averaging 17 and he's averaged 30 in the last year. That's not a player who... It's not a good reading. Oh, it's it's really. not a player who no. deserves to be in this England team. And maybe he goes away, plays county championship and works his way back into the England team. It's not the end of his career for England. I just think that this England team looks better without him currently, in my view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. all hinges on the last two tests. Wink, Absolutely. Wink. Uh, Southampton are my first losers this oh, week. Yeah. They've uh, just come off of a 25-game unbeaten run, but... Two defeats in three championship games has halted their momentum and dropped them to about, I think they're fourth now, uh, in the championship. Uh, they lost 3-1 away to Bristol City. Uh, I mean, this this run was going to come to an end at some point because they had been flying so high. But last night, lost 2-1 at home to Hull. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, play, another playoff contender, Hull. Yeah, yeah I think Fabio Carvalho scored in that one. Mm-hmm. Is he still on loan from Liverpool? I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Had to get that in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's like two defeats in three is really the only reason why I've got them as a loser. I was struggling to think this morning, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, half past twelve. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this afternoon. But, but well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, really close for that second automatic promotion spot. Leeds, Ipswich, Southampton. Leeds look the strongest I, I, of the yeah. bunch. I, I heavily hope that Leeds drop off. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, they don't look like it at the moment. They've got a good run at the moment at Leeds. One of the last five, I'm not sure, previously. I mean, but. Ipswich have seemed to bounce back. They've had, over Christmas, they were really struggling, I think. Yeah. like Not in terms of goals. They were still mm-hmm. scoring goals, but those goals weren't turning into wins. They were 2-2, 3-3s. Uh, they lost a couple of games in there, and I think they went winless for about six games, or had one win in six. But three on the bounce now. They nearly threw it away against bottom club Rotherham last night, but uh, won four three in the last minute. They were three one mm-hmm. up, um, three three in the ninety fifth minute, Jesus. and a and a last minute winner from I think it was Amari Hutchinson made it four three. Is that uh, Amari Hutchinson? Is Chelsea? Is Chelsea? Chelsea? Is he Chelsea? I think, I think he was Arsenal. Loan army. Yeah. I think he's one of the loans. Yeah. He's well, one they, of they, our loans. They, they're a team he's one of our loans. Amari <laughs> Hutchinson. <laughs> he's one of our loans. He is on loan from Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, who's who's up for the next loser? I can go. I can lean us in. It's another. And I'm not going to touch on it for too long. I'm conscious of the time a little bit. But we mentioned earlier Bayern Munich. Obviously, the start, I think it's the start on the news that Thomas Tuchel is going to leave the club at the end of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and obviously now eight points adrift from the top of the league, and they've lost three defeats in a row in in the Bundesliga. They lost to VfL Bochum on Sunday. They were eleventh in the league. Was it three two defeat? It was yeah. Yep. So yeah, 
on that note, they lost to Lazio in Europe uh, last week. Yep. So, yeah, not looking good for, no, it's for, not. for them, is it? So, I think this could actually scupper Liverpool a bit because they're so going to want to poach Xabi Alonso. Yeah. Like, that is the most Bayern Munich thing to do. Mm. You, oh, you, they would. You poach, they? they would. Yeah. They absolutely would. Yeah. They poached the league's best coach, Xabi Alonso, bring him to Bayern, give him a pay rise, give him the keys, give him everything he wants, and they'll, they'll, go and, they'll, they'll go and win everything. Yeah, he was yeah. ex-Bayern. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes there. But equally, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Liverpool. I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting summer, I think. Like there's going to be a lot of movement. There's a lot of managerial changes. Yeah. I think mo- most of the, uh, apart from City, Spurs, and Arsenal, I mean Liverpool are going to have a new manager. United might have a new manager. Um, who else is going to have Just new everyone managers? Everyone, please leave like Gary O'Neill alone. Barcelona, <laughs> yeah. Barcelona no. are going to have a new manager because yeah. Xavi's stepping down at the end of the season. Um, we'll have to see how Oliver Glasner settles in at Palace. Yeah, mm. I mean, what do we think about Hodgson leaving? It was tough. I think. I think to be honest with you, it's just a decision that's it was going to happen. It's come early. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I think he stepped down with so there much grace. Yeah. Like he couldn't have gone in a better way, really. Like no. n- in the context of the game, he's no, not dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, he's pretty old. Yeah, I was going to say so. He's knocking he on the door. Or something? Yeah. 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 I mean, he. Yeah. I, I mean, in terms of the way that he stepped down, like to step aside and allow people to mm. get on with the movement. Find, I just don't find think, I think if he'd have stayed, it'd just been delayed in the end. Yeah. Yeah, Do you exactly. know what I mean? It, it was going to happen. Yeah. At the end of Surely the David Moyes yeah. is precarious at the minute. I don't understand that. Though, if I'm being completely honest I with completely you, I completely do. I, 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 I think they're no, turgid. To be they're honest, horrific to watch at the minute. But to see what what West Ham have become of the last these last two seasons, or so I think what he's done, he's done a magnificent job. You know, he, uh, and, and to be fair, yeah. I mean they are ninth of the table. Do you know what I mean the table is, is is not bad? At really. the same time, the table never lies. Winners in their last five. Yeah, but well, yeah, but, and they, but, they, they, but the thing is, like, not even just on results, they're a horrific watch at the minute. Yeah, well. Yeah, well, like, you can't argue with that, can you? Really? But the fact that they've, you know, they've won a European Cup, you know, yeah, and 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 they've gone and what back to back top top half finishes. Yeah. When when he took over, they were well. Last season they weren't top half, were they? They were in a relegation fight for a lot of last season. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Top ten last season. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, obviously when he when he took over, let's say they they were really struggling. And he's gone and what in the space of a year he's going to win a European Cup with them and now they're back into that top half. They finished below mm. us last year, by the way. Fourteen. All right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, but yeah. yeah uh, shut up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I think he's got a bit of bit of leeway. If I'm honest with you. Yeah, a little they bit. They have the Everton, Burnley, and Villa coming up now, so maybe it's a chance to. Yeah, if, 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 they if don't he does go and lose those three, obviously no one's, you know, the Villa game in terms yeah. of the job. But but yeah, I think. They've got to take some points yeah. out of those. Def- oh, definitely. Yeah, if he goes and loses them three, obviously I'll change. You know, yeah. his job is then obviously on the line. Yeah. Obviously, but but I do think he's got a bit of breathing space to, to sort of. You know, I think I think he's a bit harsh his criticism. I think he yeah. I think, I think he honks personally, but having said it, like you know, it was Arsenal United that have been the big losses. I guess you, what counteracts that is it the fact that it was Forest as well. Mm. So it's just, I think it all rides on these next three games, isn't it, really, to see how mm-hmm. well he can yeah. return. I mean, Calvin Phillips, that's been a bit of a disaster. Yeah, so that's Did he get injured? Did he get injured? No, he got, he got sent, sent off against off. Forest yeah. after mistakes against United and mm. uh, Bournemouth and probably Arsenal, I don't know. I mean, they conceded six. He's, he's, he's had a terrible time since yeah. leaving Leeds, hasn't he? 
he'll, he'll come back from it. He's a good enough player. Yeah. Well, I when my, my is he now? When have we seen any evidence that he actually is still the Calvin Phillips of old? When we keep saying for, when he plays for England, really. Yeah, I was but say, I was gonna say, yeah. we keep we keep saying, oh, he'll you know he'll be fine. He'll come good. The only time we see him play well is for England, but in a, on a club front. Yeah. When was the I mean, last time you saw Calvin Phillips put in a good performance? Yeah, but I, I I compare him to Maguire. You know, Maguire's been ridiculed for like a year and a half. Phillips is probably going to be the next Maguire in terms of the whipping boy of the Premier yeah. League. Um, but Maguire's come out the other end, other half of that, fought his way back into the team. Yeah, I see that. Um, I can see Phillips doing that, even if he doesn't stay at West Ham at the end of the season. Goes on, maybe he goes back to Leeds if they I'd come love, back. I'd up. love to that see him back at Leeds. Well, that would be brilliant. My my initial thinking, obviously, it hasn't worked out. Like my initial thinking behind it um, when he was at Man City was obviously his first season he didn't really play, and I thought his second season at City would be that that yeah. breakout mm-hmm. season for him because it's worked like that with other players at City. You've got Gundogan was a little bit like that when he first came in. Did and, Grealish and, play much? And he said he got Grealish is a perfect example of that where he, he didn't play. Well, Grealish isn't playing now then, much. No, I, but uh, he did have a little, had that I, little I, spell. I was thinking of. Yeah, Cancelo. And that's what I thought would happen, but it hasn't worked out like that. So I don't know what's what. No, yeah. it would be. I would like to see him make a move to a slightly lower level and rejuvenate himself. Whether it's Leeds, but would that be best for his his career? I think if Leeds came back to the Premier League, Phillips to Leeds makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't see him dropping into the Championship though. If he no, didn't come no, up. no. I at Ellen Road though. That oh. would be fun. That would be yeah. good fun. You would not get me there, so you'd have to get me for that. So it would take you, Asmin. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might have to find a replacement for me as well. Who would just go? Go with Freddie. Yeah. yeah. Any more if losers? He remembers his name. Uh, any more losers? Uh, um. <laughs> Sorry, we'll take it away from, fo- from football, <laughs> but Fulham was a big, lo- was a big loser for me, unfortunately. But yeah. also, Lewis Smith, did you see the refereeing? performance I didn't, I didn't know, absolutely no. so again we've had another um, referee uh, first trial at uh, Fulham we had Rebecca Welch as well for her first game was um, at Fulham Burnley um, Lewis Smith was had a shocking performance for a referee I think he was actually the biggest loser out of that <laughs> yeah. game um, yeah he just completely lost control of the game really poor management and showed himself to be really naive He's 30 years old, so he is young, but I mean, you're a Premier League um, referee. Um, just sort of con- continues to show the standard of refereeing in the Premier League at the moment. Um, he just, yeah, completely naive to Villa's tactics of trying to run the game down. Um, poor, like, fouls being Five Fulham taken. bookings in the last nine minutes. Yeah, I was going to take, yeah. yeah. So from the 85th minute, it, took, it was, um, yeah, five yellow cards. Considering we had none before... And then we had five afterwards. So that now means Polina's out for um, two games because he's oh, against geez. Man United. He's going to be out. I don't get nervous. Which but. is <laughs> slightly worrying. Um, I think we'll probably have to see Harrison Reed come into that position, possibly. Um, and also, yeah, so that was a bit of a nightmare. Also, <laughs> the ball was in play for 57 seconds of the added five minutes. Jesus. Crazy. That's a joke. Really appalling. Brentford-esque. I mean, the argument is that you kind of say you need to gain experience um, uh, and probably Fulham is a good place to have your first Premier League game mm. um, at Craven Cottage. I think that's probably a place where you're not going to get too much like appalling criticism on the day. But he literally doesn't have any experience. Yeah. He has only um, managed, he's only uh, refereed, I think it's 25 or 26 EFL games. 
Wow, that's and you've it. Made, made the step up to the Premier yeah. League already. Yeah. That's that's so unheard of, that isn't it? It's a it is a bit of a nightmare. Obviously, he's like dabbled in cup games, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think that's probably a bit of a nightmare to have him there. Almost as bad as Robinson's throw-in, which uh, gave that first... That was horrific. Watkins, yeah, I don't know why on earth you are throwing against... Uh, throwing across your... Flat across your back line like that to Willian, who was so unnatural in that position. So, yeah, a bit of a shocking performance, really. Um, but, yeah, so Fulham, of course, mm. is my loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my second loser is Michael Beale. Yes. Sunderland. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ex-Sunderland now. Uh, I really hope you bring up what I think you're going to bring up. I'm going to bring up the handshake. With, oh, no, okay. I've got something else to add. Okay. okay. But so Mick, Mick Beale has been sacked after 12 games, just 12 games in charge of Sunderland. He's taken them from uh, somewhere in the championship to 10th. Perfect research for me. Yep. Uh, they're only four points off the playoffs, but you know they don't look like the team they were last season. Taken over from Tony Mowbray. Mm-hmm. Uh Possibly, we might see Will Still go to Sunderland because oh. he was uh, he was heavily linked before yeah. uh, Mick Beale took the job. But um, yeah, I think his fate was kind of sealed, not just because of the results, but also uh, last weekend when Sunderland lost, uh, he brought off defender Tri Hume, and Tri Hume went in for the handshake. Mick Beale yes. stood there like yes. a statue, refused. Passed him. Yeah. yeah, and that just lost the dressing room it looked like you you could see that the players don't have any faith in that guy um caps are i mean that's his third job in two years mcbeal that he's really kind of failed to leave an impact so he come from rangers, rangers he yeah, was yeah. he was assistant at rangers right. under stevie g um and obviously rangers won the uh scottish premiership for the first time in donkey's years under that kind of gruesome twosome but then when um, Gerard went to Villa and then Etifachi, um and a Steven Gerrard, Mick Beale's kind of taken oh, his. Oh, that's poor. He, he's, he's taken his own. We we had Gav last week oh, right. do it yeah, a lot yeah. better. Well, he, he, should, is, he, is, he, is, he is he is a scouser. He is a scouser. <laughs> Gav was great. I think but, that's a cheat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but but Mick Beale, uh, went to QPR, um, was pretty poor there. Got sacked. Went went to Rangers. Um, didn't win the league, didn't win a trophy that season because he kept getting hammered by Celtic. Was Wolves after that job? Yeah. We really wanted him, didn't get him, thank God. Yeah. Gary O'Neill. Yeah, so he got sacked by Rangers in uh, October of last year. Goes to Sunderland, doesn't do well there. So where next for him? I think he goes to Etifak. Yeah. I, I think that's a logic... I think the logical Steven step is to, is to rejoin Stephen Gerrard because they work together. They must have done. Yeah. Both separately are shit managers. <laughs> like it's fair to say they they've both been pretty awful. I mean, look at the job Emery's done taking Villa from what eighteenth yeah. to like fourth. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe they need to link up. Maybe they've got some kind of good cop bad cop thing going on there. I don't on know. The, uh, on the Mick Beal front, there was a. It came out on Twitter. I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday actually. Um, but there was a a bit of sleuthing going on. Uh, through the What the Fork podcast, um, where it was discovered that Mick Beale has a secret Twitter account um, that previously had his name on it. His name was then taken off of it. This Twitter account has described Sunderland supporters as toxic and has basically been 
attempting to like back up and support Michael Beale since he was at Rangers, then magically turned into a Sunderland account and was saying that the Sunderland fans were toxic and um, it was defending him for the whole handshake thing. Um, it's not a good look, that is it? No. Yeah, no. yeah not great for, for Michael Beale. What so, an insecure little man. I know, literally. <laughs> Have you been watching Sunderland Till I Die? I haven't. I've, I've been meaning to watch it. it. It's been relaunched. Is a new new, so, new episode, new show, new yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's third third series. Got there <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the third series is out now on Netflix. It's only three episodes. Actually, I was quite disappointed. I was like, because oh, I love the program. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the first two series. Um, went on to watch it, and I was like, it, it's completely brushed over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically just fast forwards to um, their playoff run. Basically, so it is exciting, yeah. but you don't get any of the emotional build-up. Yeah, well, yeah. That you have first, the first scene is depressing, wasn't it? Really, right. the, the music. The music. The music. That I was, was so say. good. You've got to mention the music. I need to watch it. I've not seen it. Have you seen this clip? It's like um, they're changing the uh, the walkout music. So before they had some sort of, I think it was like Wagner or something like yeah. that. Yeah, some sort of classical. But then he just hits play. And you just hear this like kind of EDM beat yeah. come oh, out, and it so is awful. Funny. Has just beautiful silence in that room <laughs> before he hits stop. Uh, oh, it's amazing! I need to uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a watch. It can be something. It's to watch. like it, it it's good. incredibly like The Office UK coded. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's kind of um, like cause I've watched the All or Nothings and st- and I actually don't like them. I think they're quite like mechanical and not as interesting as say Welcome to Wrexham. Welcome to Wrexham, so yeah. good. That was really re- yeah. it is better than Sunderland Till I Die. I would say. Okay. Um, but you you sort of get the same vibe of looking into the actual fan outlook yeah. of everything, and you get the personal stories behind it. And Sunderland is one of those places where it's a one team city. Yeah. And it lives and breathes football yeah um so that is quite nice to watch and you definitely get that in the first two series and a little bit in the third one but yeah i'm just about to watch the uh playoff final so that'll be an exciting episode no spoilers (laughs) (laughs) i won't say i won't say (laughs) we are under 10 minutes left so we're gonna have to speed through is there any more losers uh, I can skip over my losers. Yeah, mine's kind of, Burnley. Yeah. So mine, mine was Alcaraz, but we touched on him. Mine was Mason Holgate, which that yeah. tackle, wow, yeah. that was yeah. terrible. I wanted like O'Shea in, in, in for that last final Havertz goal. Did you? Did you? On, I was just watching it on Match of the Day, and he literally just watches Havertz like run past <laughs> him, and he's like, he does a little jog afterwards, and I was like. That is where the motivation has just gone out yeah. of Burnley now. I can't believe we only came mm-hmm. out with a point there. But uh, Considering we've only got 10 minutes left, I will get through this story very quickly, but I'd like to talk about Mormons. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> right. yeah. um, Why is this going to go? <laughs> this, this is uh, NCAA, so American College Basketball. Hello. Okay. So, New yeah, spot. I'm not, I'm not a basketball guy, but I was, I was scouring through the athletic, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try and read some American sports. And I, th- I saw um, a headline with BYU in the title, Brigham Young University, uh, which is a Mormon university based in Provo, Utah, so near Salt Lake City, for yeah. anyone who's watched the Book of Mormon. Uh, fabulous. My so, mate Amit is going to love that. He's been asking me to listen to the Book of Mormon for ages. It, uh, it's so good. Please go and see it live. Okay. It's, it's written by Trey and Matt, who did South Park. Okay. Yeah. It's so funny. Maybe um, oh god, I've got so much to get through now. It is so good. So, 
Uh, I've written a little intro for this, actually. There we go. When you see BYU, you may think of it as a rather picturesque university set in the foothills of the Wasatch Range in Provo, Utah, USA. But this 150-year-old university was founded by Brigham Young, the second president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as the Mormons. Wow. This is where religion in a university that is 98.5% Mormon, and therefore mostly white, mixes with sport. And the enduring success of the BYU basketball team is kind of fascinating. Uh, disclaimer, I will not be going into Mormonism in depth. Uh, <laughs> but just note that Mormonism bans tea, alcohol, coffee, and sex before marriage. So some, of the, so some of the players are already married on the team. And a lot of them are like return missionaries as well. So not quite college age, but a little bit older, 25, 26. They've been on missions, uh, taking that, the Book of Mormon to like rural Africa and stuff like that, coming back and playing college basketball. So I just find utterly fascinating. So um, I think it's really fitting that their current mm -hmm. coach is called Pope. <laughs> uh, Mark Pope. Pope, seemingly, is quite a generous man. And uh, obviously with a basketball team, you're going to have tall players, which means that they recruit quite a lot of non-Mormon players, um, either from the 1.5% at the university or from abroad. Uh, Pope is a really generous man, and when he's recruiting these non-Mormon players, especially from abroad, he often like flies out to the countries, uh, like Mali and Egypt, to make the players feel at ease, meet their families, like uh, kind of embrace them a bit which I think is really nice when do we get the BYU documentary is the real question <laughs> uh, I'd love to see it uh, and he even flew to Tanzania with player uh, Atiki Ali Atiki and he helped so good they named him twice <laughs> so good they named him twice uh, and he helped deliver shoes basketballs and laptops to local schools in Tanzania in Dar es Salaam wow the team themselves have been to 30 NCAA tournaments what is known as you might have heard of March Madness, March Madness. Um, which is the biggest college basketball tournament. Um, the favourites never really win. No. Like, it's just it's, crazy. It, it's mental. Um, so, <coughs> yeah. In their history, I think they've been going for about 70 years or so, uh, their first captain was a Yugoslavian atheist, <laughs> uh, which I thought was really fascinating, who then became a fan favourite. They would chant his name. He was captain for a few years, and then he returned to Yugoslavia to return to translate the Book of Mormon into Croatian. Wow! Uh, which I thought was fascinating. Oh, wow. um, in the th the team have been to thirty NCAA tournaments, but have only reached the final four. Um, they've never reached the final four, and the last time they were in the NCAA tournament was in twenty twenty one, and only kind of one in ten years or so. So they've kind of dropped off a bit. But their attendance is regularly in the top 10 in the entire country. Wow. And they've now joined the Big 12, which is the best division of college basketball before the NCAA tournament. So before, where they'd only see these really good NCAA teams at the tournament, which they rarely get to, uh, now they're playing against them every week. So the challenge now for Pope, is balancing what the uni leadership, the BYU leadership would like, which is more Mormons and keeping it uh, in the kind of Mormon faith and closer to their values, 
versus cultivating a basketball team that can reach new heights. Wow. What an interesting story. That is, that, that's, yeah. that's one of the best things we've ever had on this podcast. I thought it was really fascinating. Yeah. That is really interesting. Very good, very good. Um, did you boys see, while we're on sort of American college sports, did you see what I sent on the group chat? Alfie, can you search... Um, it's, uh, it's Just search college football whiteout. I can't remember which uni it is. But it's absolutely mental. Uh, if you can put up the video, it's one of these unis in America. They're, for reference, they're Penn State, that's it. For reference, their uh, capacity is over 100,000 for college football, and they sell that out. So, I mean, imagine the equivalent of uni sport in England with 100,000 people in attendance. I mean, oh, this, wow. is, this is at college level. So, for anyone just listening, we're, we're looking immense. at Penn State. Um, their whiteout entrance where basically the entire crowd wears white they wave like white banners it's I I think college football and just college sport in general in America is absolutely mental mm. like the, the, the attendances for American football are absurd there are I think there's now I want to say I don't, I don't know the exact number but there's a fair few stadiums now with over 100,000 capacity at college level I mean, like the the it is ridiculous. And those aren't like the KKK white hoods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like imagine playing in that kind of atmosphere. The only thing I can compare it to is um, the Europa final a, a couple of years ago when Eintracht Frankfurt were wearing white yeah. and all their fans were wearing white and they had white out of like 60% of the stadium. But this is like the entire dome. That's what I mean, the entire ground. And I mean, look at the look at the oh, synchronisation. Yeah. That wow. like, wow. Like, uh, yeah, Penn State, Oh, that's that's a that's a bucket list one I think to go that's and conquered see. Uh, Fulham's white wall at Wembley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. So that was a that was an impressive one. We do have five minutes, so we should start to, to yeah, wrap up. I was going to just quickly say we wrap up on set us in good stead for next week as well. That F one testing has begun. Yes, yeah. Um, Red Bulls Max Verstappen was the quickest driver on the on the track today. Yeah, standard. Um, he did earlier on. He had a time of one thirty two point five four eight. Um, Comparatively, where did that set him in the field? Do we know? Uh, I can have a quick check for you. I think Alfie um, should check. Yes, Alfie, check it up. And the first race of the season is, is next week. Which Bahrain, I am absolutely which buzzing is, Which is going to be good because we've so got yeah, a preview next, next week. I was say next week yeah. we're previewing. I think the majority of the episode will just be a preview yeah. of the mm-hmm. F1 season. We'll do a little bit of uh, having a look at the liveries because that's always good fun. Yeah. Although they yeah. are quite boring this year. Um, but yeah, uh, you spoke about it on Friday, didn't you? The Red Bull vertical side pod thing yeah I mean if we had Henry Hudson here he could yeah. tell us more about the side pods but basically I'm not quite sure how it works but the innovation this year is they've kind of got like no side pods or that they do but they're really small shit um, me Verstappen is that a second and a, is that just under a second quicker that's, seven that's, tenths yeah, quicker fucking than, hell than the oh Jesus I don't get nervous, but if you look at the whole leaderboard, it's it's, it's like that from the, yeah. from the top down to. I mean, Verstappen's going to dominate this season again. It's going to be another boring season, yeah. but the hope is that next <laughs> next year, you know, possi- Christian. I mean, transfers and we'll yeah. see if Horner's still in like Red Bull pole position in maybe <laughs> maybe a month's time. That was horrific. Um, and then we've <laughs> got we've got watch. we've got Hamilton at Ferrari next season, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Could be more exciting then, but I, I think this season's going to be a bit more of the same. Yeah. I think with that then, we'll uh, we'll wrap up. It's I'd just a- love to give a quick 
congratulations to Virat Kohli, who's just welcomed his second child. Is that oh, why he's been off? That's why he's been off, and oh. he's going to return for oh. the fifth test at Dharamsala on March the 7th. Oh, no. So, no. I'm getting a bit oh, shaky now. So, congratulations, Virat. Yeah, I'm sure you're a so, big fan, Virat. But no, yeah, it's been a good episode. It's a great episode. The yeah. uh, F1 preview next week. Yep. Linus the week after. and Izzy for that yeah. episode. Ramsey's. Ramsey's the week after. If we don't get a guest. Fine, okay. So, yeah, stone. we've got guests coming on. I think we'll have guests on every week till the end of the semester. Um, but no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for thank, thank you yeah, for joining us. Having us, it's been us great. having us, yeah. having me. Um, but no, <laughs> having yeah. us, the royal we. <laughs> we finally hit ten episodes. So that's nice. In the double digits, we've mm-hmm. not we've not conked out yet. Uh, Joe Rainbow, we'll see you in a month. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me a couple of weeks to record. <laughs> from this yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. Um, to everyone listening slash watching, thank you very much for watching. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. Follow the TikTok. Follow the Twitter. Follow the Instagram. Listen to Musish. Mm-hmm. Add us on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, like the YouTube, share it. Buy us a kebab. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we love kebabs. Should we set up a Patreon as well? <laughs> I think a Discord <laughs> server. We'll just buy anything, me a coffee. Any good. And only fans. Any, yeah. <laughs> You're on it. <laughs> I'll admit you a cop. My bank details are as follows. Any good platform we're on. So find us and follow us. Um, but with that, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. It's been a pleasure. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Cheers, guys. <laughs>